Welcome to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. And now, here's T.J. Walker. Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday to you here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. As always, lots to talk about today is a special show because it was Kentucky's turn at SEC Media Days. Uh, If you weren't down in Hoover, Alabama, you could listen to it all and watch it all on ESPNU. Mark Stoops went on the ESPNU set, spoke with uh, the ESPNU cast, and and then also had his media press conference showcased, and you saw some local UK beat writers on TV, which was pretty cool. So we'll talk about what Mark Stoops had to say. He also had a a more private interview session with reporters uh, where he had some interesting quotes in uh, in that 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 wasn't necessarily on TV. Uh, So we'll talk about all that, obviously. Some of the players spoke, uh, so there's a lot of good stuff coming out of Media Day. Nothing earth-shattering ever comes out of of Media Days, rarely. Uh, Sometimes for the preseason kickoff Media Day, which will happen about a month, and that's just for UK only, obviously. Uh, every school does it, but I'm talking about UK specific. That's when you'll get some big news as if a player's ineligible or if maybe a player will be out for the season because of this or that or the other. So that that's where the big news comes. So nothing too crucial out of SEC media days, but there were some interesting uh, touching points that we'll get to. There's some basketball news, as always, with recruiting that never stops. Uh, plenty to talk about there. And uh, there's there's a lot more. There's some NFL news, and uh, it should be a, a loaded show. At the top of the hour, we're going to have Brett Dawson on to talk more about U.K. football. He's down there, um, so we'll, we'll get his inside of things maybe that we didn't see on TV. So that's, that's at 5 o'clock. Uh, coming to you live right now is Trevor, who's always on the show. Trevor, how are you? I'm excellent. Thank you. What, what's new in, in Trevor land? Oh, uh, man. Uh, it's an always ever changing uh, world around me, but not much going on at the moment. Uh, pretty pretty dull, pretty uh, slow uh, Tuesday night. Woke up, uh, read some transcripts of Mark Stoops' uh, media day, kind of skimmed through it a little bit, watched a little bit of the video uh, after I woke up, and since then just been kind of putting a little some audio together, a little this, a little that. It it I. It feels like it should be later in the week than than Wednesday, and that's never a good feeling to have. Every day feels like Thursday to me. Yeah, I, I wish I, I wish it was Thursday. I don't know why this week is going by. So slow. I can answer your trivia question in two questions this time. We'll save that for tomorrow. Oh, uh, you know Oops. I'm gonna knock it. I guarantee you I'll get it in probably less than three, cause especially with the the fact that you keep underestimating my. Uh, my lack of social ability to get out of the house and not learn uh, useless pop culture knowledge over my life. No, I don't know. I, I'm going to make it pretty tough, and I think you'll be sorry that you ever said anything like that. <laughs> Bring it. But, so, Mark Stoops, SEC Media Day, again, Not um, nothing that you're going to say, wow, that's going to change UK season. I didn't know this, I didn't know that. Uh, but, it, it, like I've been saying, you can... Mark Stoops has mastered, despite this just being his third year as a head coach, he has mastered coach speak, and he knows he's not going to provide any crazy quotes. But you can always tell uh, with what he's saying and how he's saying it. Now, again, the what he's saying part, you you, you know what's going to be coming there, but how he says it, you he, he really... Confidence beams off him, or or it doesn't. You can tell how he feels about a certain situation, and without a doubt, he feels more confident uh, about this team, about where UK is heading, about the depth and the overall roster. Uh, he continued talked about, which I, I think this is kind of a, a far out there stat, Trevor, about how when he first got to UK, there were five players on the team that could run 19 miles per hour or over. Now that number is thirty-three. Now, what does that you know? What does that mean? What why why is nineteen miles per hour the 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 marking point, the setting point? Because the speed limit's twenty. I'm you know I'm not sure, uh, but it, it does show that obviously the team has gotten faster. Uh, he he said that he's more optimistic about where to go. He didn't want to, like I said yesterday, Trevor. When you said if there's one question we could ask him. He, he said he's not going to put a number on anything. He, he just said the realistic expectations to get better every day, 
to get better than last year. Uh, he was asked about the players saying that it's, it's kind of make a bowl or bust for them because it's been such a long time for Kentucky football. Uh, he said that's okay. He says he likes that. He can understand it from, from their standpoint. He's not going to take that away from them as long as they're not looking too far ahead. He wants everything to be a uh, day at a time, a day at a time, as so many coaches will say. Uh, he did say that last year was an improvement. I, I don't think anybody would disagree with that coming off a 2-10 and 10 season. And uh, the, his hitting point was UK has to finish the season. Uh, for as well as last year started, it ended worse. And he says that can't be the case heading into next year. So, um, some, like I said, some good stuff. We'll, we'll get to that later on. I was on. kind of expecting he was going to come to the mic and be like, all right, guys, you're three. Patrick Troll's the starter. Drop the mic and just walk off. I mean, that that, that would have been the, the one moment he could have had that maybe even Trump's Spurrier at a media day moment. Uh, in that, and I don't think anybody's ever going to top Spurrier That's for his good, media true. day. Uh, but in, in, if you're ranking the coaches, and I haven't watched all the press conferences, but I've watched I've watched at least some of most of them, and Stoops is – in the upper half of entertaining coaches in the SEC. And that's that's not necessarily saying he's the most entertaining coach in college football. Uh, I think there's just a lot of boring coaches in the SEC, at least when they're talking uh, to media. But I, I think he's in the upper half. And it's safe the gap between the Spurriers and Les Miles's and maybe even the Nick Sabans is huge from the, that upper level to the what you call entertaining in the Stoops level, I'd assume. Yeah. And if you got – if you know if you watch Gary Pinkle today – uh, he's just—he's the worst. Uh, maybe not the worst, but he's—he's he's boring. Uh, so Stoops was was mildly entertaining. Kind of—that's kind of how his program is, though. Another interesting thing, and a lot of players, the, some of the guys that were down there, uh, said something similar. It, it, they did not want to act like it was clear cut. Patrick Tolls was the starter. All of them said that, and, and Stoops himself said that which is interesting to me. I, I think we've all felt that Tolls has a leg up on Drew Barker. Uh, it, anytime we've talked about Drew Barker on this show, Trevor, it's been in a negative light. Uh, but if you ask Jordan Swindell, um, his quote was, he was asked how Patrick Tolls looks specifically, how the guy who started every game last year, how he looked, and he said, I think Patrick has looked great, but so has Drew. They're both battling for that spot. Uh, they are both very competent, and they know the offense, and they both have great arms. So I'm excited to see what they can do. Uh, he didn't, you know, he he went out of his way to bring Drew back into that picture, and there were several quotes that are like that. So what do you make of that, Trevor? What do you make of the fact that they're they're not going to give away anything about if Tolls actually does have a leg up in this competition? I think it's cute that they think that we actually consider Tolls not to be the starter, or actually has a threat to not to be the starter. Tolls is going to be the starter. You know that. I know that. Mark Stoops knows that. He can, well, I, he, can, I, he can go out there and tell his kids to say, make sure you mention Drew Barker. Make sure you don't say Patrick Tolles is the leader. Make sure you mention it is a contest. He, I'm sure he emphasized that to his players. He's going to emphasize that in his own statements. But in the back of his mind, he knows that Patrick Tolles is going to be the starter. He doesn't want to come out and say it, and I don't blame him not wanting to come out and say it. You come out and say it, especially with what you've learned, or at least we've learned from a sitting back and looking on from the outside in, to what Drew Barker's personality may be, you don't want to say that, definitely, because for all we know, it's going to shatter any chance of him actually making any progress. So you want to keep the the uh, the, the carrot on the end of the stick for the donkey that is Drew Barker and keep him motivated to a degree. But let's be, we, we know Patrick Tolles is going to be a starter. Everyone knows, Patrick knows, Tolles knows he's going to be a starter. And Drew Barker probably knows it as well. And if he doesn't, he's just delusional because he's not. he can compete all he wants. He can get better, and I hope he does for Kentucky's sake, because that way he will improve and keep improving and when he does take over the position, but it ain't going to be this year. And, Drew, if you think it's going to be this year, then that punch you took in Eastern Kentucky's dorm room blocked a lot more loose than we thought it did. Well, you can't blame Drew Barker if he feels uh, that he has a, a fighting chance. Now, I, I agree with you. I think all signs point to Patrick Tolles being the starter. But I have said this now. It, I mean, forever, it seems like I've been saying this for three or four years now. It is more beneficial to an offense to have the starter picked out before, as soon as possible. You don't want it a day before the season starts. You don't want it a week before the season starts. Even a month before the season starts is not ideal. You want it as soon as possible. Best case scenario, Trevor, is you know at the end of one season who your starter is going to be the next season. So I disagree with this approach that Mark Stoops and UK is taking of 
keeping this race open if it is, in fact, Patrick Toll's job already. And now this brings me to my next point. Maybe it's not. And here's the bad thing about it. If it's not, that is not good for UK's quarterback situation heading into next year. And I, 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 and I don't think that's the case. I don't, because I think it's Patrick Toll's starting job. He's going to be the starter, and I think he's going to have a really good year. But if you are still continually talking about this as a uh, either-or situation, as a heated competition between these two guys, and that is actually and factually the case, then the quarterback position is not going to be the strength like I thought it was going to be for UK football. No. I don't think this is the right approach to go about your starting quarterback position, unless you truly don't know, which in some of the years prior, you don't know. In some of the years in the past, you haven't had an idea who UK's quarterback is going to be, whether it was uh, Whitlow, you know, whether it was Patrick Tolles a few years ago. You know, uh, you haven't had the right idea of who it's going to be. This year, it seems night and day like you know who it's going to be. So what are why do this, Trevor? Again, I think it's mostly to... I don't want to say they haven't told Drew Barker that no, we're going to keep saying you're up for the job, but it's going to be told his job. I think the coaching staff knows. I think the coaching staff knows whose job it is, but they don't want to, A, come out and say, oh, it's told his job, Drew Barker's on the bench, and then have to answer questions maybe of, oh, why is Drew Barker not even getting a chance to start? Why is he not getting this? Is Drew Barker no. a transfer? No, and, and, and also, you don't you want to placate to, to Drew Barker a little bit by no. saying, listen, you have a shot, but we all know it's Patrick Tolles' job. If it was going to be Drew Barker's job, you would hear more about Drew Barker taking over Tolles in terms of practices, snaps, things like that. And you don't hear that, and that's the reason you don't hear it is because Drew Barker is the second-string guy. No, I do, I do agree with that, that if it was actually the case, we'd hear more about Drew Barker's name specifically. But really, we haven't heard anything about Drew Barker being great in practices unless, you're, unless we're hearing it through the coaches when they're talking up both quarterbacks. Uh, we haven't heard any whispers or any sources about, wow, Drew Barker's actually pushing tolls. We haven't heard any of that, so that's why you know this isn't true. But that, that is the, that's the other side of the coin. That's the flip side of the coin with this argument, Trevor. And, I, and I've made this argument every year, so I, I'm, I'm experienced in this argument. If, if you're doing this to, I don't want to say protect Drew Barker, but to keep him motivated, to push him, for him to become the best quarterback that he can be, and you don't want to deflate his tires as as soon as possible, then if that's the only thing that's going to keep him motivated, then he shouldn't be a quarterback at Kentucky anyways. I think you can take just as much away, if you are a true competitor, about saying, hey, you are second string. Let's make no mistake about it. It's Patrick Toll's job to lose or your job to gain, but right now he's ahead of you. So you better work your tail off to get ahead of him or else you're going to find yourself on the bench unless he gets hurt. What's wrong with that? What player would have that talk with their coach and say, eh, whatever, let him have it. To me, I'm, I'm uh, going to sit back would, and be cool at number two. I would, I would assume it, the coaches know Drew Barker's personality best and possibly that they, they, they find this maybe a best way to motivate him. I mean, it's not like the – Listen, they have yet. Have they yet? Unless I overlooked it in today's transcript, they haven't yet to announce that Boom Williams is the official starter running back. But come on, we all know he's going to be the starter running back. Well, that's that's different because no, it's the same thing. It's same thing. No, it is because we know. Hold on, because we know Tolles is going to be starting quarterback. Because they won't say it. No, it's not the same thing, Trevor. Because guess what? Stanley Boom Williams won't be getting every carry. You're gonna be. He won't even be in every. It, well, he won't be exclusive every series. He's gonna. Get he's gonna be. He's gonna be rotating in with JoJo Kemp and even Miguel Horton every series. Those other guys are gonna be getting touches. And I understand there's like a the, rotation system for all the other positions other than quarterback. I understand that. But what I mean is, is Boone Williams is the starter. He will get the majority of the carries. Yes, he won't get seventy or he won't get all hundred percent carries of the season. Like possibly Tolls might get hundred percent of the snaps. I understand that. I'm, I get that. But he is the starter, and he will probably get. Roughly to say, what, 60% of the carries throughout the entire year, which is the majority of the carries, and tolls, and, and we know that because he's going to be the starter, even though they won't announce it. I I disagree, I, and I'm curious, you listen at home, if you agree with Trevor or me in this sense. I think it's completely different with running back, and I get, we do know that Stanley Boom Williams will be the starter. Uh, first With first down and, and UK season opener on September 5th, uh, the first handoff of the game, whether that's on first down or not, 
will go to Stanley Williams. I think we can all agree on that. But it is different with running backs because all those guys are going to be getting carries where it isn't the same with quarterback when only one guy is getting the snap. And I think you should be perfectly motivated if you're an athlete, if you're a competitor, by saying, hey, you're number two. You're number two. And also, not only should Drew, if you're worried about him getting comfortable at the number two spot and not pushing for the number one spot, guess what you could say, Trevor? Hey, we've got Reese Phillips, who people have been excited about. He had an injury, so he's kind of been uh, a little bit behind the eight ball. But if you slack off, you might not even be number two. You could be number three. I like the idea of getting your offense comfortable with one guy and not having to go into it having to think. And I do think there is a bit of the offense probably knows or the offense probably has an idea. But why not just build the chemistry without a doubt right from the get-go as soon as possible? And now Kentucky has done this year after year. And at least the past years, you could have a you could make a case for the other guys. You could make the case. Jalen Whitlow, a few years ago, he could run. Uh, Patrick Tolles was a big body quarterback that had a big arm. You could make a case for each guy over the past few years. This year, I don't know what case you can make for Drew Barker from at least what we've seen. And we have seen, and we've seen practices, you know, we've seen scrimmages. We haven't seen Drew Barker in a game, but I don't, I, I don't get it. It doesn't seem like there's any, any case for him. We do have uh, a text into the show from Clayby116. Uh, he says if he was a head coach, uh, he would... Or I missed I missed one of them. This is a pretty long one. He says he 100% agrees with Trevor. There's no reason to publicly reveal your hand. How do you know Patrick isn't getting the most starter reps in close practice and it's already announced to the team who the starter is? They are just not announcing him publicly. There's no question that Patrick's going to be the starter, so he agrees with both of us there, Trevor. He says if he was a head coach, he would never be transparent with the media. He would be uh, he would be with this team player and bosses, aka the athletic director. Uh, but not with the media. Why risk giving away a strategic advantage? What strategic advantage is that hiding by saying that Patrick Tolles will be your starter? I don't. I don't know if I'd say, use the word strategic uh, advantage unless you were playing like in global situation, maybe playing Auburn your first game, or Kentucky was going to open with Florida or something. I don't. I wouldn't use the term strategic advantage. But also, just uh, maybe, just why? Why pick right away if you don't have to? I mean, you know it. But don't make it. A, you don't have to make it known. Again, like, if anything, just keep the carrot on the end of the stick in front of the donkey that is Drew Barker. I, I disagree with the donkey and carrot. And <laughs> I, I disagree with that analogy. I'm picturing, I'm by the way, of- Drew Barker with his helmet with, with a stick at the end of it and a little carrot dangling down. He's just running, trying to run, run it towards it. It is. It's a fun visual. And and and, Clay, and going back to Clay B 116s text. If that's the case, where the entire team knows, the wide receivers know, the offensive line knows, the running backs knows, pretty much everyone in the offense. Because if the defense doesn't know, you know who who gives a hoot. But if the offense knows and Mark Stoops is just toying with the media, then you know what? I'm okay with that. I, I, I as a media member, I don't like to be toyed with. But then that kind of makes my point for me. You're used to it, though, yeah. as a media member, I'm sure. You're absolutely right about that. But that, that makes my point. As long as the offense and everybody's on the same page and they know who their guy is, that is most important for me. I think chemistry with an offense is huge. I think it's huge going into the season. It's something that can be messed with during this. We've seen, we've seen teams collapse because something has changed the chemistry, something has broken up uh, what they're used to. And I think you need to build towards that as much as possible, as early as possible. And again, I don't know. I don't know if if Clay B116 actually what he said. Maybe the team does know. Maybe they're just playing uh, playing it close to the vest, or if they're actually doing what you're thinking, Trevor. That they're holding a little carrot in front of Drew Barker to try to motivate him. I, I will say this though: if you have named your starter in his petros, and I believe it is. He, do not do it as a short leash. I had this discussion with Nick Coffey yesterday about Louisville because Louisville's kind of in a similar situation where you don't know who the starting quarterback's going to be. And it could be, while Bonifon does seem to be the, the leader, there's always – you have Ferguson, you have – and you have obviously if, if healthy Gardner right behind him on it, nipping at his heels. And you saw this last year in Bolin as well where the rotation of quarterbacks, the old analogy, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one quarterback. If you're, if you're told it's going to be your guy, and I really do believe it is, and especially from last year I thought he looked – while down at sometimes because of you know situations, I thought he looked. The flashes were obviously there. Don't have a short leash on him. Don't go out and 
and pulled them in game. What's your first tough game? I guess uh, week two or three, maybe two against uh, South Carolina. Okay, don't 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 yank him for Drew Barker halfway through that game. Don't yank him in the first. Don't yank him at all. In if you pick if you pick Tolles as your starter, whether it's now or a week before the, the open home opener or the season opener, whenever you've made your decision, you know I do believe it's now already. Then stick with it. Do not sit there and pull back and forth because you do that, then you're just opening up a Pandora's box of up and downs that you don't want to get into, and you're stalling yourself instead of progressing forward, which it clearly was, according to Stoops, the message of this opening uh, statement as well as this entire press conference this to me today was progress day by day and moving forward. And, of course, when you ask, does making a bowl your, your ultimate goal, well, to win one more game, which is progress, would put you in a bowl. So, yes, you could have might as well have said yes. Well, I agree with that sentiment, ultimately, but this, if they know, you know, I'm kind of beating a dead horse at this point. If the offense knows that that ultimately, at the end of the day, is all that matters, I don't like the idea. When we, when it seems that all signs are pointing to one guy, it seems pretty clear, but if you're going to toy with your offense and say, well, it's not 100% official... I don't necessarily like that. We're going to head to commercial break. We're going to come back. We're going to continue this discussion. We've got a few more texts and tweets into the show that we need to get to. So stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We'll be right back. South Bend. You know who she is. She kept calling your name. Now, back to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker, presented by Allen Electric. We're back here for Buzz. The Sports Talker is brought to you by Allen Electric, Kentucky Anna's first and only electrician. Dedicated to residential repairs, give them a call, 636-HELP, for any electrical service. Allen Electric never leaves the sports talker with TJ Walker in the dark. They won't do that with you either. Uh, we were having a, a very lively debate on whether or not it's beneficial to name your quarterback beforehand. TJ, um, can I do a contest with you? Can I do a little trivia thing with you? What's, oh, yeah, sure. Every, <laughs> sounds so enthusiastic. This is why Drew Barker hasn't announced, not announced the backup yet. Uh, I'm gonna give you a dollar for if you can name if you can name the movie that I use a clip from if, if, on rejoins, starting was, right now. I was going to I was gonna ask you uh, that what movie it was actually because it didn't sound familiar. That was uh, first clue. That was Tom Hanks doing the audio. Any guess? Uh, give me another one. Uh, this movie in uh, in its twentieth anniversary was was entered into the National Registry of uh, uh, of Film History. A League of Their Own. That is correct. Ding 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 ding. Well, oh, that's you know, that's the only re- that your your last clue is the only one reason I got it. You should you should have known it right away. One of the best baseball movies ever made. Clavy one sixteen says. So if it is making you think and question. And driving you this crazy about it, it seems to be working. Imagine how Louisiana Lafayette coaches are scratching their head about how to game plan for this. No, that is not what's making me crazy about it. Because it doesn't change UK's offense either way with whatever guy you have. Back in 2013, a a very bad year for UK football, uh, this was part of the reason why, they didn't say who was starting, whether it was Maxwell Smith or Jalen Whitlow, until the day of the game. And... I disagreed with that decision then, but at least you could spin that with, okay, Western Kentucky is going to have to prepare for a pocket passer and a scrambling quarterback, and then we are going to surprise them with one or the other. Sure enough, both of them play, and both of them throw around 13, 14, 15 passes. So at least that kind of makes sense. In this case, 
one, you're playing Louisiana Lafayette. You should be able to put me in at quarterback and win. But you're playing the same type of quarterback. It doesn't matter. I think you're hurting chemistry. So we'll we'll leave it. We'll leave it at that. You, I, I, you also had, if I'm not mistaken, Maxwell Smith, obviously injury issues consistently through his entire career. I think he came out of the womb injured. And you had Jalen, and in that situation, you had Winslow. And in my, in my, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't he not? Was he not the starter, or didn't he play well at the end of the season on the field, opposed to this situation where Tolls was a starter all last year, played well, even in the even in the skit at the end of the season throughout the year, and Drew Barker has not even seen the field. What was the beginning of your question there? Oh, well, and the question was more of a statement. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Uh, the question was, am I, correct me if I'm wrong, if Winslow had played well at the end of the season before he was considered a starter oh, competition mean, with what, Maxwell. Do you mean Whitlow? Whitlow, I'm sorry, yes. Unless you're talking Justice Winslow. Maybe, him too. They're both they're, played, they're both about the equivalent of the same quarterback. They're just he played, good athletes at the position. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's well said. Uh, Jalen Whitlow in, in 2012 at UK, yeah, he, he, he played – okay especially late he threw 45 passes against tennessee as I, i've got right here in front of me um yeah. so there, there right, was right now the only game field we have a drew barker's via tmz and captain arg brings up a good point as he always does uh, he says is stoops hesitant of the fan backlash if he doesn't go with the golden boy barker uh, i think that factors in it it's a good point but i i don't think that's the case because i think at this point given everything drew barker's done off the field trevor I think some of that gold is starting to to, to rust. I don't know if gold even rusts, Does but it's starting. Rust? I don't think so. It, it, it's starting to. Uh, it's fool's gold. There you you're go. starting to find. Can gold rust? Is <laughs> I would I would say no. Uh, I'll, I'll Google it, but I like the fool's gold comparison better. And I think I think Kevin actually has a decent point of, but that kind of goes back to my, you know, also I knew, I knew the, the Barker ego thing. Well. I thought you were going to bring it back to, well, Kentucky football put so much heart and trust in Drew Barker being the guy and put him in a commercial. Super Bowl commercial. Get it right. This wasn't some commercial that ran on paid programming during OVW wrestling, okay? I <laughs> Brun DMC tweets into the show and says, Clavy116 is on acid if he realistically thinks coaches are worried about UK's offense. I love the Cats, but damn, let's be real. Well, coaches, Brun DMC, coaches worry about the team that they're going to play every week regardless. Uh, they're, that's their job. They get paid a lot of money to worry about those teams. But the point is, is true. Those quarterbacks are the same quarterback. It's just one's going to be better for, for some other reasons. Maybe one can sl- can throw it slightly further. One can throw it uh, or is a little bit more accurate. Both can run. Uh, we saw Tolls be able to run in a pinch. He might be a slightly better runner, but I don't think anybody would consider Tolls a scrambling quarterback. Tolles, so Tolls had more carries, I believe, last year than Louisville's leading running back, which was uh, Brandon Ratcliffe. Now, he didn't have as many yards or yards per carry, obviously, but in terms of official carries, I looked this up a couple weeks ago, he had just as many, if not more, than Louisville's number one running back in terms of carries. That's a lot of carries for your quarterback. And Clavy116 just digging himself a deeper and deeper hole. He says, so in that case, is game planning for Tom Brady and Matt Castle the same or Aaron Rodgers and Matt Flynn? <laughs> oh. I, don't, I, don't, I really don't know what he's going with in that situation, but I can't, I, I can't answer you this. Gold does not rust, but Drew Barker may leave a green ring wherever he lays. Is that what gold does? Baked gold, yeah. Okay, well, that's uh, thank you for that. Clavy one sixteen. The the difference is that is while while your your comparison's even wrong because all those are pocket passers, or maybe that was your point. They are all pocket passers. Uh, there's a, a serious, uh, just a, a absolutely huge talent gap between the two. So what you would be saying is that. There, there is that same talent gap between Patrick Tolles and Drew Barker, but they don't want to keep. They want to keep it a secret. It makes no sense. It doesn't hold any weight. Uh, so that's that's no good. Uh, I guess Brun DMC tried to text in and help me cheat on the league of their own. I did not see that text. <laughs> I got that. On, I got that on my own. I promise. 
So and we, to- we don't need any cheating. And by the way, and it was only for a dollar. So if he's going to try to cheat and think he's going to get like ten percent of it, I mean, if you want a dime, dude, go for it. Just send me your address. I'll shoot you a dime. And uh, Brent, he later on says, "College football, fifty days away. We can do this, you guys." It seems like it's a lot longer. Is it really only fifty days? Ah, oh, man, it's. Yeah, I, I believe it is because there's a countdown on my uh, fantasy football website that has countdown to our draft day, and our draft day, I believe, is around the first weekend of football. So, yeah, it's right around the corner. Our draft is exactly a month away from today, and, and our fantasy football draft annually is probably one of my top five days of the year with, oh, in terms oh. of, of having fun and also just how big of a uh, – a mess it turns into. Mine's a full weekend. I do the 29th, the 28th, 29th, and 30th, the uh, end of August. I have a draft that Friday. I have two drafts that Saturday and another two drafts that Sunday. What's – oh, okay. So you, you have them all. I, 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 when you first said that, I was like, your draft is a three-day event? Well, it's three days in a row full of a total of five drafts that I do. Well, we, we have some scheduling conflicts with ours, obviously. We have people that are out of town that – we actually do have most of the members in Louisville now, which is nice. But uh, one will be out west, and that's what Skype so we, is for, though. You just put them on. No, but it's on. it's we we honestly prefer that if you can't be at the draft, then you you get a friend that you trust to draft for you because <laughs> um, the draft is just the the greatest day in our league. It's where it's what you do at the draft is what you're going to get made fun of at the next year's draft. We had to drop a guy of our league a couple of years ago. He's a friend of mine. He's, he, I think he, I guess he voluntarily dra- dropped, but we have, we kind of kicked him out because he skipped the draft because he had Maroon five tickets and decided to go to see Maroon five instead of do our draft. Oh my, well, I, <laughs> our, our league is going on 11, uh, 11 years. Uh, oh, we wow. have had, we, we have 12 teams in the league. Uh, we've had 23 members to get all together. Uh, we we have pretty much had the same core eight for the most part. Eight people have not all eight have been in since for the 11 years, but eight have been in for the last uh, nine years, which is pretty good. Uh, we've had some celebrities in the league. We've had Vic Anderson, Will Stein have uh, have been in the league. I, I Run, thought you were going to count yourself. <laughs> uh, me, obviously. Uh, Brun DMC had a had a short stint in the league. Uh, there was a big cheating scandal that he was a part of that got busted. Uh, that that me as a commissioner sniffed out. Uh, what, what is he? The CCNY team of the of the thirties. He was taking money from bookies to take dives or something. I mean, what what kind of scandal can you have in cheating? Was there collusion amongst him and another team in trade? There, there, yes, there was. Uh, oh, it, you can't it, have collusion in fantasy football. That's it was the, ugly. It was ugly. Uh, Clavy116 was at one time in the league. He's the only member to ever not win a game, uh, <laughs> which is which is great. And it was banned? That was back 11 years ago, though. That was in the first year of the league. Um, he wasn't banned, but I think he figured out that maybe fantasy football wasn't for him. He's the Pete Rose of fantasy football. Does your fantasy league, does it, do you all do anything fun? Uh, the, if you, do you if somebody comes in last place, do you all do any gimmicks like that that we see so many leagues do nowadays? Uh, well, four of my five leagues are high-stake leagues with uh, the KFFSC, the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championships. So, no, I don't in any of those. Uh, but in my in my smaller league, which I do on Saturday, which I, which I was referring to when the guy got kicked out for the room five, uh, we don't do anything like that, but we – we have a good time, I and mean, we—it's been—we're not as old as your league. This is, our, I guess, 2008 was our first year. It's only a 10-man league. It's kind of a small garage league type, uh, garage type league, as as some people call it. And I think, I guess, I would say seven of the ten people have been in it the entire time. So it's our seventh year. Uh, we've had a few changes. Renshaw was in it the first year, and he dropped out after one year. Uh, his team was awful. Never paid attention to it anyway. And, uh, and we had a couple new two new people last year, but since then all the rest of the originals have all been in there, and it's people I've known for probably fifteen years or so. I'm all for new and fun fantasy football ideas. This is what we've done, and I really like it. You watch the league, right? On FX, the the fantasy. Yeah, league. I never, I never actually finished. It's still going on. I never finished yeah, it. I quit it after season like four. I think I just I got tired of it, and I haven't watched it since. Uh, we do. We implemented this maybe two years ago, and I, and I love it. If eight teams make the playoffs, if you do not make the playoffs, you 
have to buy the keg for the next year, and we get a keg every year. So the four people that don't make the playoffs have to buy the keg. If you finish in 12th, dead last, you're the one that actually has to collect money and go pick it up, uh, and you're in charge of returning it to uh, the following day or whenever that may be. Uh, so I will have been in the league now for 10 years. I've only missed the playoffs once, and that was years ago before we had implemented this rule. I will be drinking for free on August 15th, Trevor. Congratulations. It's I'm I'm very very excited about it. Uh, I'm also open if you all have any ideas for other fun things that you can do. Have we uh, decided if you're going to uh, man it up and join the big boys with the uh, with me at the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship on that weekend? I can I can do it. Uh, we it's we can talk about it. More expensive than your than your average league, I'm sure. But I'm sure it probably is. But I I would be I've always kind of been interested in doing that, so just to say I can do it and and to see if I like it. Well, the uh, reward is payoff, though. For example, uh, a friend of mine who uh, calls in occasionally, I think he's called your show, Cesare. Uh, he came in third last year in one of our leagues, which earned him uh, a little bit of money back. Plus, he gets to go to Vegas to join the. World champion, he got he got his uh, membership paid into the world championships. In which case, if he can somehow win that, which is hard to do, he wins a quarter of a million dollars. Wow, that's that's a lot. Uh, that's a lot of money, and that's a lot of commitment to fantasy football. It's hey, you, you know, you got to put in the work to, to to get the reward. Another fun thing our league does it's a keeper league, which I suggest if you're not in one, you should try to be a part of one. Yep. Uh, it shows stability in the league, and and it's kind of fun building teams or having the same guys to root for for, for years to come. Uh, but my keeper situation, I might be buying the keg next year because I'm going to be already be off to a, a rough start. I've mentioned it on the air before, but uh, I've got to choose between Roddy White, Joy Bell, uh, Greg Olson, Julius Thomas, Trey Mason for my keepers. I have to keep two of those guys. Uh, some of the other <laughs> do keepers. Do you have to keep two of them? I do. Can you just do. not keep two of them? Because I really can't tell you which two I'd want to keep of that group. I mean, if I if – I, I, it's smarter to keep bad players and not keep anybody because then I'd just be a player down while everybody else would. Uh, for comparison's sake, this is the team that came in dead last, and this is not a joke. Not a joke. This is the team that came in dead last. This is what he gets to choose for his keepers. Russell Wilson, Julio Jones, Marshawn Lynch, LaShawn McCoy, Jeremy Hill. Wait a minute. How did he come in last? That is a good question. Did he not start any of these guys? No, he's no, he's one of the most active members in the league. Now I know McCoy had a bat, somewhat of a down year last year, very inconsistent. So I guess I can understand that. But Lynch was pretty consistent. Russell Wilson was very consistent, and Julio. Well, did Jones get injured last year? Like every other year, I can't remember now. Thought my head. Uh, Jones was he was injured for part of it. He had some bad luck with injuries. It was but it was still an unbelievable team, and I guess he just got unlucky every week. Maybe made some poor decisions uh it's actually our buddy big bag dave i'd love i don't think he's i'm not sure if he's listening today or not but i'd love for him to call in and defend himself uh but yeah that, that but he's the good news is and he got first pick because he came in last uh he's going to so he's going to get to keep two of those guys and get first pick uh, so he he should be loaded again next year now if he had the situation where he had that you know every every league has that guy that every week Oh man, I just had the the team I played. His whole team blew up on me. I, I love those people. That every week, it's the guy they played. The team blew up on the team blew up on them. They they'll score 150, but the team they played happened to score 160. Their guys just had their their dream weeks, and that can't happen. In some situations, is one of the nice things about the KFSC, and uh, we'll have hopefully Farrell on here as the uh, closer to the draft to maybe give you some information on it. Talk a little fantasy football with us on this show, but. The, uh, in the 12 team leagues that you start out in, the top two teams with the best records had to head get into the playoffs. The next two teams aren't by record, but by total points. So, for an example, uh, a couple years ago, a uh, guy in our league, I had the third best record. A guy in, that was, I think, had three wins. He was like three and eight, three and nine, but had the second in total points, made the playoffs, and I didn't. Ooh, that'd be that'd be tough. But I kind of like that. It is. It makes it good because I've been I've been on the other side of that. I was in a big money league. Uh, they used to be uh, run by a couple friends of mine, and I had a I had a great year point wise. But just I mean, it was literally every week was the uh, the other team just scored more than me. And even though I had told I was second in the league in total points, I only had a few had nowhere near the amount of wins and head to head, and I didn't make the playoffs, and I was kind of upset about that. So when I joined the KFFC with that rule, I was really happy to see it, even though it bit me in the butt a few years ago. Yeah, it, it, there's. 
I, I like I, I like different. I like hearing different uh, settings and, and ways to run a fantasy league because uh, you can have a lot of fun with it. And, and some guys in our keeper league found out some good news today. Does Bryant and the Cowboys agree on a five-year, seventy yep. million contract, forty-five million guaranteed, and Demarius Thomas with a five-year, seventy million dollar contract as well, forty-three point five million guaranteed so I, I would imagine that both those guys would be keepers in that league and uh, my biggest problem was I just I put so much of an emphasis on just trying to make the playoffs I did a lot of people are scared to trade somebody that they could possibly be keepers last year I, was, I had a, I didn't have a good team I caught some bad breaks I kept Josh Gordon on my bench forever and ever still have him on my bench thinking that he'd be a keeper for me next year I did the Obviously, same thing Obviously, that won't be the case, so it just worked out horribly. Uh, but I just put such an emphasis on making the playoffs, and I did, but now I might have shot myself in the foot heading into next year. But I'll work it out. I'll, I'll, I'll figure those things out. Hey, if Josh I'll, Gordon could put down the blunt for five minutes, we would have both been beneficial from that situation. Man, I had Marshawn Lynch on my team at one point last year. I had T.Y. Hilton on my team at one point last year. Even I, I, the, My last trade was I had to get rid of T.Y. and just I think I got Julius Thomas, Trey Mason, and a few other guys. I had to build up depth just so I could fill out a roster to win games, and it actually worked. It got me in the playoffs and unfortunately not able to do anything there. But at one point I was thinking, okay, I'm going to keep Josh Gordon and T.Y. Hilton, and I won't have to worry about drafting a wide receiver. I'll, and I'll have probably the, the best wide receiver core in the league uh, next year. Uh, and then You made the mistake when you traded Lynch last year. I remember you making that move, and I remember telling Yates, I think, uh, as I was listening to you do your show before I was getting ready for mine, that uh, that was a bad, bad move. It was. In, in, in hindsight, it was a bad mood, move for you. It was a bad move when I did it. I, that was, I was way too impatient there. Yep. Uh, but we're going to talk. If you don't like fantasy football, uh, we're going to talk a lot about it on the show. So I'm sorry. We won't talk about it as much. Uh, we, it's a summer day, so we kind of just hey, randomly brought it up. Here's the thing we need to not do, though. We need to not just necessarily focus completely on our teams as much as I talking agree. about general fantasy football. I agree. That's one of the annoying things. I mean, you can bring up your team in, in, my, in one of my teams. I'll, I'll pick one of my five teams to just talk about because I don't like when people say, oh, I, that's one of the frustrating things about having multiple teams is you end up yep. having multiple players and you really, it's hard to discuss. But when we talk fantasy football, it needs to be in general broad fantasy football, not just – our teams, because that's one thing that annoys me is when people just talk about it. It's like talking about your kids. You don't want to hear about right. how your kid is in the honor <laughs> roll and my kid can't read and write. I don't want to know that. There's a there's a guy in our fa- that is in our group of friends and obviously in our fantasy league, and every I guess he plays in eight or ten fantasy leagues. It's something ridiculous because every time a player does well that is on his team in our league that we make fun of him for or, you know, talk smack to him about you'll say well it's okay i have him in i have him in another league so i'm actually kind of <laughs> happy about it no it doesn't work that way so i agree uh it'll be more of a broad we'll talk players we'll talk strategies you can throw your stuff into me uh not that i've that i've shown you though i'm not a fantasy expert but i've been playing it for a very long time well, and i'll send it to tj and i'll answer for you and i'll give you a better a better answer yeah, that'll help uh we're gonna head to commercial break when we come back we'll have brett dawson on my boss from cats illustrated he's down and Hoover, Alabama, and talk to us about some of the SEC media days, what's going on there, what Stoops had to say. Later on in the show, we need to talk about UK offered a new 2016 point guard. Uh, The unbelievable guards in that class, we've talked about. UK has offered a lot of them. They offered another one. We'll talk about what that means for UK and and moving forward. So we, we still have a lot to get to on the show. So stick around here on 1450, the sports buzz. We will be right back. Cause you know it don't matter anyway You can rely on the old man's money You can rely on the old man's money It's a bitch girl, but it's gone too far Cause you know it don't matter anyway Say money, money won't get you too far Get you too far You're listening to The Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. It's great to be back. My third year here at the SEC Media Days. Uh, Really glad the first two years trying to build this program didn't kill me. Uh, But the first two years really went extremely fast. 
presented by Allen Electric. We have a very good, strong identity on both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively, of, of who we want to be and uh, where we want to go. So again, uh, optimistic, excited, uh, year three, we should be better. Uh, we are better. Fifty the Sports Buzz, joined by my boss and publisher, CapsIllustrated.com, Brett Dawson, who is live in Hoover, Alabama. Brett, what's going on down in Hoover? You know, not much, TJ. I tell people all the time that I'm glad that these uh, three-plus years of working with you haven't killed me. Oh, well, that's that's nice. I ask you what's what's going on down in Hoover, and that's the response. That was my, that was my, that was my, my playoff Mark Stoops saying that he's glad these first two years of building the Kentucky program haven't killed him, which he just said in that little opening. I don't know if you heard the opening of your own segment. I, I, I heard it, uh, but I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that you are, uh, you're still alive. I'm glad that working with me has not harmed you physically in any way, and you're able to be down there and, and listen to what else Mark Stoops had to say and, and the various players that joined him. What's your biggest takeaway uh, from, from SEC media days? Well, first of all, based on your response, I'm glad that you also haven't killed me yet um, for this segment. Um, but, no, I, you know, I would say the, the biggest takeaway, I think, you know, if, if you were going to ask a question today outside of quarterback talk, and that really wasn't a huge thing uh, today, I think the, the natural question kind of both from us and from people who don't cover Kentucky and are kind of swooping in today for the first time is just, you know, how they've, kind of come back from what happened last year, which was to get off to a great start, to really show significant progress in the first half of the year, to get to the point where you're one win away from bowl eligibility and then just stumble uh, all the way down the stretch and not be able to finish the job. And so um, I thought there was some pretty good reflection, both by Mark Stoops, who kind of urged people to look at the bigger picture, um, look at the fact that they really did improve uh, from year one to year two, if you look at the season as a whole, and from the players who also said they felt maybe like there was some some complacency um, and, and maybe a little bit of their inexperience showing in the sense that maybe they didn't handle that prosperity very well. Jordan Swindle said having a bunch of young guys, maybe they didn't know how to, to handle not only that success, but, but handle their bodies, handle their business to, to be in shape, to finish games, to finish the season. A.J. Stamp said he felt like they just sort of assumed when they got to 5-1 and one that they would get that sixth win. And so I, I think the biggest takeaway for me is that they did learn some lessons. They are trying to apply those lessons to off-season workouts and to the season going in. I felt that Melvin Lewis was down with, with Mark Stoops uh, down in Hoover speaking to the media. I, I, I thought he said two things that uh, should make U.K. fans excited. He said, one, that uh, Farrington Huguenin is a player that you should watch, that U.K. fans should watch, one that has improved. And he also said that he's been mentoring Matt Elam uh, obviously a huge recruit, a huge get for Kentucky, picked UK over Alabama. Which of, what of those two nuggets do you feel is more important to Kentucky? Well, Elam, in, in a way, I mean, I think Huguenin, maybe, maybe Huguenin is bigger in one way because Melvin Lewis is the guy starting. Uh, you know, he's the guy on the depth chart starting ahead of Matt Elam. They're both going to play, but that's a really good player. You've got a really good player at that position. So I think Huguenin might mean more to them in some ways. Um, just because I think he, he might, you know, at, at that position, he may be more singularly important than Elam is, obviously, um, when you have somebody like Melvin Lewis there. But, but on the, the big picture, I think it's so important for Kentucky that Elam be good. I think it's crucial to them, not just this year, but, but over the course of his career, he needs to be a really good player. And I think that because they beat Alabama, because they, they beat out a lot of schools for a really highly regarded player, uh, I, I think he needs to make a mark and, and, and kind of make an imprint uh, while he's here, and he needs to be a successful enough guy to get drafted into the NFL because those are the kinds of guys that are going to be very hard to get. And I think you need to be able to sell other recruits on the idea that you can come to Kentucky and you can develop uh, into a prospect the way that you can at another school and that you can be a big part of something that is a success and you can win. All those things, I think all those things are selling points 
that they need to be able to make. And I think Elam is one of the key guys because, again, they just don't get many of those guys. So I think it's important that when they do, you know, they have a solid batting average with guys like that. Elam's ceiling is really high. He's got a chance to be such a good player. And, and Melvin Lewis talked about that today. That's one of the reasons why that Lewis has pushed him so hard. Uh, and I, I think when you get a talent of that caliber, you need to maximize a guy that, like that. We've talked a lot about this earlier on in the show, and we're speaking. There are a lot Uh-oh. of great American craft brewers. Oh no! Who represent their neighborhood? <laughs> I feel like that was. I feel like that's one of it'd be like on a TV show and random music starts playing, and you're actually in a game show, Brett, and you don't know it. Uh, that's that's not the case I there. Maybe I, could, I thought maybe yeah, I said the word of the day or something. Yeah. You said you said the magic word, and you win. You win the grand prize. Actually, I've got a thousand tabs lined up, and then this happens. This happens probably more than it pr- should, where one of the tabs will start playing the video, and I have to guess. It's kind of a game with myself. Try to guess which tab it was that was playing the music. Uh, just, just good old radio fun over here. But we had talked about earlier in the show today um, about how they just kind of refuse to say that Patrick Tolles will be the starter, is the starter, and they continue to bring up Drew Barker. I know one of you uh, scribes down there asked Jordan Swindell how Patrick Tolles had looked, and he went out of his way to bring up Drew Barker. What do you make of this? Are you hearing any rumblings that Drew Barker could actually potentially be the starting quarterback on September 5th? Well, I'll tell you there's a couple of things. One, Swindell almost kind of almost smiled when he brought up Barker in a way that that indicated to me, not not that Barker has no chance, but that he is being very conscious of not saying the one guy is the starter. I think they've I think they've instructed them to make sure they don't say that. I think it is a telling thing that they didn't bring Patrick Tolles here because they could have. I know he had great seats for the All Star game, but I think he would have come here um, if they'd wanted him to. Uh, I think it, it's more about wanting to – I think he's going to be the starter. I will be surprised if Patrick Tolles is not the guy. I do think that Drew Barker is a guy who they feel good about, who they think can be a very good player at some point. And maybe that's not right now, but I don't think you want to lose a guy like that, not just to another school, but lose him mentally. Reese Phillips is coming off an Achilles injury. Those things are significant, and you don't know uh, how close to or if he'll get back to 100%. And so I think you want your, your very clear-cut number two quarterback to not only be there, but be engaged and to feel like he's, you know, he has a reason to play. And so I think you don't want to send a message to him that he has no chance to win this job. And so by doing things like continually saying it is an open job and by not bringing Patrick Coles to SEC Media Day, I think you're sending that message to Barker that, hey, don't relax, don't slack off, you're still in this thing. And whether or not they believe he's got a legitimate chance, they need him to believe that. And you think that is the right way to go about it? I do. I mean, I, I think, you know, I, the alternative is to say, look, you have no chance to start. Uh, and I don't know that necessarily that means he transfers or anything. But I, I think, look, he's a guy who, let, let's be honest here, he's had a couple of off-the-field incidents. And if I've got a guy like that, I want that guy to be on his best behavior. I want him to be thinking, I've got to act like a starting quarterback because I have a chance to be a starting quarterback. Um, and so that's absolutely how I would treat him. And so we, we had talked about this, and we had some different sides on this. Unfortunately, Brett, you don't you don't side with me. You, you agree with Trevor, which is a dangerous road to go down. Well, I don't know about agreeing with you either. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> uh, this, is, this is just a question I was actually curious about, and uh, won't provide any great insight about UK's football season, but you always see all great. these crazy. Great. You always see all these crazy fans down in Hoover, uh, getting trying to get autographs. Were any UK fans down there that you saw? No, in fact, uh, the Atlanta Journal Constitution, which they're writing a story about every single program here. They're writing at least one story about every team, and their Kentucky story today was really just about the comparison of Kentucky going in the same block at Media Day as Alabama. So you have this huge swarm of Alabama fans. At one point, I saw people straining to take pictures of people straining to take pictures of Nick Saban. It was so hard to get to him and have a clear sight line of him. There was a guy dressed as Bear Bryant, which, as the AJC story noted, is also the most famous Kentucky football coach ever, but that's not what the costume was. Um, yeah, it's, it's not the same. There is not, And really, it isn't in basketball media days either. Maybe if, like, you know, we're so close to Alabama's campus, if SEC Media Days was in Louisville, like maybe maybe John Calipari would be swarmed by Kentucky fans. 
you don't really get that. <clears throat> you know, even in basketball media days, there's not a big Kentucky fan turnout. Um, but, yeah, that, that was a story today in the Atlanta paper just about – or on the Atlanta paper's website just about, you know, the fact that at one point all three Kentucky guys were just kind of hanging out, all three players, um, just sitting on a couch. Nobody was bothering them, and it's not really a thing the Alabama guys could do. The Brian Long treatment, as I like to call it. Yeah, well, I don't think he'll get to go to media day. Well, he won't, no. certainly won't now, but I don't think they were ever going to take him to media day. <laughs> Uh, that's true, but I always kind of felt bad for him during UK's own internal media basketball day when he was oh, right, yeah. by himself right. and have, right, and have yeah. nobody to and talk Kentucky to. Guys, the Kentucky guys did have reporters around them all the time when there were things to do they were always going to talk to. But the Alabama guys just don't really get a spare minute. They have to be sort of whisked from place to place. If they just sat still for a minute, they'd kind of get swarmed. And uh, and you can you can get by without being – almost every school can get by with that, and certainly the Kentucky guys can when they're going at exactly the same time. They're, they're moving from different rooms, but, but they're in the same block of time in those rooms as the Alabama guys. And we're talking with Brett Dawson, CatsIllustrated.com. Last question, Brett, uh, who's live down in, in Hoover, Alabama, uh, covering SEC Media Days, or did cover UK's uh, segment of SEC Media Days. So Mark Stoops refuses to put a number on what would be a successful season. He's never done that at Kentucky. I doubt he ever will. But kind of reading between the lines, what do, you, what do you think would be a successful season for Mark Stoops and UK in year three here? Well, Jordan Swindle today said that his, his, his low bar, the minimum bar for success is that they've got to get to a bowl game, and that's six. Um, you know, probably. They probably will get to a bowl game if they get six. Occasionally that would happen that they wouldn't, but, but Kentucky's going to a bowl game if they get six wins. And so that's what he set the sort of minimum bar at. And Mark Stoops, you're right, is not going to give a number. But what he said today, it was you know, sort of interesting along those lines, was that he wouldn't take that away from the players. He wouldn't take that number away. He wants them to shoot for that. So, um, I, obviously, they'd like to go above and beyond. And, and he talked about the fact that they've worked really hard to make themselves relevant in the East, and he feels like this is a year where they will start to show that, where they can be relevant and be a factor in the race. Obviously, that's talking about winning more than six games. But I, I think they've put themselves in a position now where, you know, anything less than six is going to be a disappointment to them. And I certainly think based on, you know, the people on our message board, the fans I talk to, I think anything below six is going to be a disappointment to fans. It's not easy. You can find six on the schedule, but I don't think you can find six automatic ones. And so, you know, there is a chance that this will end up disappointing people. But I think the way to not disappoint is to get that number. I just, I think that's the magic number. And that's what everybody was talking about today. I agree with you. But, Brett, thanks for covering that for the site. All that good content will be on CatsIllustrated.com. And also thanks for taking some time and hopping on the show with me. No problem, TJ. I, it's, uh, these, these years really haven't come anywhere close to killing me yet. Good, good. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear it. Uh, that makes me happy. Brett Dawson, CatsIllustrated.com. Enjoy the rest of your stay in lovely Hoover, Alabama. Well, it's going to be about five more seconds, and then I'm getting in the car. So. I'll go with you five seconds. <laughs> All right, do that. Do that for me. And we're going to head to a commercial break here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. We will be back. One final segment. We're going to change subjects. We're going to talk a little basketball. UK made an offer out to the a top five player in the 2016 class, which makes you wonder why didn't they do it earlier. I've got some answers for you. PJ, Stick around Brett's, here. In Brett's defense, he's a Knicks fan, so if that hasn't killed him, then you have no chance at putting him. Yeah, stuff. yeah, you're right about that. If if being a New York Knicks fan doesn't kill him, uh, there's nothing that I can do to to do that as an employee. And plus, I am the I, I'm I'm a model employee for CatsIllustrated.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker, presented by Allen Electric. You ought to get the ball around the end. You lollygag your way down to first. You lollygag in and out of the dugout. Do you know what that makes you, Larry? Lollygaggers. Lollygaggers. We're back to 1450, the sports buzz. Is that Bull Durham? That's $2 today. All right, send it on over. Uh, I sent 20 cents, I guess, to uh, run DMC. Send it on over. Uh, so need to we don't have a we don't have a lot of time on left on this show to talk uh, and about. Before you get into basketball, I want I want to, I do want to say one other thing about SC Media Days. I don't know if you've seen this, but 
Maybe Brett Belima has taken the Spurrier spot as the most entertaining guy at Media Days this year. Why is, why is that? Well, first he responded to uh, Spurrier's wonderful 7-6 and six record by the Razorbacks as being a backflip-worthy season uh, by saying today that he has no problem with it because he respects his elders, and referring to Spurrier. And then my favorite maybe when talking about their victory over Texas last year, he had this to say. Says to beat Texas in a way that was really, you know, pretty, pretty significant. You know, to to kneel on a on a two yard line, you know, three times in a row at the end of the game is a very for me that's a very fulfilling, um, borderline erotic. I mean, it's it's really, uh, really cool. Have you ever done anything in sports that made you feel borderline erotic, TJ? No, no, I, I have not. I've not. I he did have a uh, a pretty. He had a quote I liked today talking about recruits and said basically schools recruit themselves into trouble which i couldn't agree more with basically saying if you've got problems on your team if you've got guys that are going to bars and punching girls that's on you as that's that's on you as a program and you as coaches for bringing that guy in and of course there will be mistakes some guys will just be in the wrong place at the wrong time and something stupid will happen uh, but I, I kind of stand by his statement that you've got to do your homework on what type of guys you're bringing into your program. Yeah, I wonder who he was talking about. Yeah, me too. Uh, anyways, let me get to Dennis Smith. He's number four in rivals. UK finally offered him yesterday. They already are in in a, in a very good spot with a lot of guards. So why off, offer Dennis Smith now when they did, and what does that mean for Kentucky? What does it mean for Dennis Smith? I've been trying to do my homework today uh, on if UK can seriously get in the picture, if they can actually be a possible landing spot. And I've heard a lot of different opinions from a lot of different people. Some go as far as saying, I would imagine Kentucky being in his top two. Some saying there's no way, no how uh, UK is going to be able to get him out of North Carolina. But the consensus of what I've heard is one, NC State likely leads, and two, there may be Adidas may be doing a good job recruiting him to an Adidas school. And that would obviously not bode well for UK. Uh, so I wrote about him. I talked to his dad today, who's also his AAU coach. Their AAU team is in the Adidas program. I spoke with him. That story is on catsillustrated.com. Um, at the surface, when I heard this news, I thought, Maybe they're just doing this because they want to put some heat on some of the other guards in the class, maybe try to get as many commitments as soon as possible. I I, I do believe, and I, I think I have been able to confirm, that they actually are interested in Dennis Smith. Why wouldn't you be? He's the number four player in the class. I would take some of these other guards over him, but he's still unbelievably talented, ridiculously good. Uh, if UK landed him, obviously that'd be a huge plus. Whoever does land him will be getting a great guard. But I am told that UK didn't just offer him just for show to try to put heat on some other guys. They obviously would like to land him. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, the The beat goes on. So now they have offered five very, very talented guards. I know that they're in a good position with four of those guys. Um, with Dennis Smith, that remains to be seen. But what will be big for him, whether or not Adidas is a factor in this equation, whether or not NC State leads, I think they do. If Kentucky can get Dennis Smith to campus, that would be huge. And that might be able to change this recruitment enough where UK could get ahead in things. Uh, I still think I still would take Kobe Simmons over him. I'm in the minority in that thinking when it comes to comparing Kobe Simmons and Dennis Smith. I certainly would take Malik Monk and Raleigh Atkins over him, but those are two guards, and, and Dennis Smith is a, a pure point guard. But it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out and who John Calipari ends up with in his backcourt for the 2016-2017 season. Because like I've said, and like I will say time after time, there's never been a more talented guard class than this 2016 class. Um, so it's interesting that UK added an offer or extended an offer to Dennis Smith as late in this process, even though it's only July after Calipari has already casted a wider net. But uh, time will tell. We'll see exactly what Dennis Smith decides to do. And uh, people have been asking me, should you be expecting commitments from any of these guys soon? Not in the next few days. Uh, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see one pop, one or two pop in the next month or two. So keep an eye out. We're out of time for today. We'll be back tomorrow. 
Thanks for Brett Dawson for coming on. We'll see you then. 1450 the Sports Bus. Take a Jordan boy, show him how Kentucky do. Oprah Priest Classics, paint Kentucky blue. They say don't forget to seven, no be hitting two. Song call it blue, grass, song call it purple. I'ma call it home, take a shot of tone. Lay back in the lap and take two to the dome. Ride from the bill to BG in my zone. Let me hear you say high time, sitting by the river. Got my old shotgun, fishing pole in my liquor. Cause people always trying to tell me how to run my life. When they say I'm doing wrong, and I swear I'm doing right. Come on.